welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. Lift your hands to Him. Father, we just thank you. Can we just take a moment and thank God for our country, Nigeria? And just bless Him. Say, Father, we thank you. We thank you for this nation. We thank you for the season we're coming into as a country. We thank you for what you are doing. We thank you because you are the one who raises up kings and sets down another. You are the one that puts people in places. We thank you. Because our nation, Nigeria, is not exempted from the divine agenda of God. We thank you, Father. We give you praise and we give you glory. We thank you, Father, because though a man's ways uh, decides on certain things, but Lord, you are the one that directs his path and you are directing the path of this nation. We thank you, O God, for every vote casted yesterday. We thank you. We thank you. And we thank you, Father, because you direct affairs even when we're not there and even right now you are directing affairs you're directing affairs we thank you father because the earth is the lord's and the fullness there of the world and all they that dwell in it thank you father we are grateful to you we are grateful to you this nation is blessed and we're a blessed people thank you precious father in Jesus' precious name, we pray. Welcome someone as you have your seat in God's presence. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. One thing significant for me in this uh, period of our nation is the fact that a lot of revelation, a lot of people are coming into knowledge. A lot of people are coming into awareness. They are coming into consciousness. You find that in this um, period, a lot more people who have never voted in their life did vote. A lot more people who have never, you know, come out to exercise this right, this civic duty, came out to do so. And not only did they come out, but they were defiant, they were resilient, they were bent on doing so. I mean, people sat down for hours. You would find places where people would bring out food and drinks and things to just help people. And then I looked around, I, 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 I noticed that a lot of people, the majority of people who were there were people not in that other generation. So something our leaders missed out is the fact that there is a rising generation. Just like the Bible said that there, there came a people, a king that did not know Joseph. He did not know what Joseph had done. So the king was ruling but then a generation came that didn't realize that something Joseph did was significant. So in the history of our nation right now, there is a generation of people that are rising and that have risen that are demanding certain things. And that as a people, if we don't pay attention to those demands, if we don't pay attention to the direction of these demands, 
what we'll have at the end of the day will be god forbid catastrophic or chaos so one of the one of the significance i mean i was talking with someone and uh, and i asked did you um do you have your your voters card and she said no that you guys go we will lift our hands like joshua and be praying for you i said okay then i asked the question i said if the total number of those to vote were 50 in the entire country 50 right and then one of the party got 20 another party which is your preferred got 20 that's how many 40 then another party got nine that's how many 49 and you that was supposed to be the deciding vote you're lifting up your hands then i asked i said how will we win there's a time we pray there's a time we we step out to war i mean when i got to my polling unit immediately i asked myself what can i do here so i noticed that there was some disorganization so i went straight to the people trying to organize the thing i said what's going on here they explained to me i said okay this is what we need to do immediately i stepped in at some point some people came to me eh, you are the only official right i said no before they turn it into my <laughs> they face me you know i said no they were just trying to get things sorted all right so from that time on we we're looking for i mean the, the 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 people who came they came with one stamp how can you come to a a polling unit of over 2000 and you came just with one stamp pad so i had to start announcing from queue to queue if you have a stamp pad please can you bring it if you have a stamp pad please can you bring it and then we got eventually we got two additional stamp pads took it to them to start the whole process you know and then started writing the names of everyone everyone dr root was 1000 something and something i don't know we started writing everybody's names and then we had like four booklets and the whole everybody who had penned down their names before 2 two thirty was about 2400 and something or thereabout because i was holding the books 2400 so we handed over to them and they started calling names and and all that so at some point you and i will have to take responsibility for our lives at some point after we have prayed after we have fasted after we have lifted our hands before god we'll have to take responsibility for our lives we have to step out we have to do what's right at certain point at certain point so that leads me to what i want to talk about today from i do to forever from I do to forever. That responsibility is what is missing and lacking most of the time. Every time you, you attend the wedding and you hear someone say, I do, everybody's like, oh, and it's so nice, it's beautiful. But I do doesn't make a marriage, doesn't make a home. It doesn't. What would you rather say I don't? 
No. But it doesn't make a home. It doesn't. So there is something that happens between I do and I continue to do till it lasts forever. There is something that happens. Chief of it is the fact that you take responsibility. And most people don't want to take responsibility. They don't want to. They'll rather just allow it flow. Allow the marriage flow. Allow, let's see what happens. You don't see what happens in a marriage. You don't. You, you know what's going to happen. You plan for what to happen. You expect what to happen. You have it before you what to happen. Luke chapter 14 from verse 28. I'll read the Passion Translation. It says, so don't follow me without considering what it will cost you. This is Jesus talking. He said, don't follow me without considering what it will cost you. So he's saying that you following me will cost you something. So don't decide to I do without considering what it will cost you. It means that if you do, it will cost you something. So whatever that cost is, don't follow me without considering it. For who would construct a house before first sitting down to estimate the cost or to complete it? To estimate the cost to complete. You know, people would say, um, um, I don't know what will happen in the future. Of course you don't know. Alright? And then you can't plan for everything. Alright? But tell your neighbor you can estimate. You can estimate. You can estimate. Otherwise, he may lay the foundation and not be able to finish. So the foundation is what? I do. So a lot of people think that once I have said I do, then I am done. No. You may lay the foundation, you may, that foundation, oh, all you do at that time is to prepare for January 15. Once you are prepared, ah, that day is coming, that day is coming, that day is coming. And then all you are thinking about is January 15. And January 15 comes and you've laid the foundation. Alright? He may lay the foundation and not be able to finish. The neighbors will ridicule him saying, look at him. He started to build but couldn't complete it. So starting to build is not the thing. It's not the thing. When I, when I do marriage counseling and I ask people, okay, so why are you getting married? Why, are you, why do you want to get married? I've had all kinds of stories. I've had all kinds of answers. I just like him. I can't live without her. That's really not enough. It's just really not enough. He started to build, but couldn't complete it. So the emphasis here is not that 
the person started to build is the fact that there is a completion that you need to get to that will form the basis on how you are weighed. It says, have you ever heard of a commander who goes out to war without first sitting down with strategic planning to determine the strength of his army to win the war against a stronger opponent? If he knows he doesn't stand a chance of winning the war, the wise commander will send out delegates to ask for the terms of peace. It says, likewise, unless you surrender all to me, giving up all, your, all you possess, you cannot be one of my disciples. So making love last forever requires paying the price for the prize. So what's significant for me in Jesus' illustration is the fact that he says, unless you surrender all to me, giving up all you possess, you cannot be one of my disciples. So saying I do is not the end of the quest, but choosing to continue to do is the test of completion. That's the test of completion. So what happens between I do and forever? The overall goal and objective is to become the disciple of Jesus. And that is not just the end goal of marriage, but also the end goal of life. So we're not talking about this to end in marriage alone. It's also the end goal of life. So Jesus said that you cannot be one of my disciples unless you surrender all to me, giving up all you possess. So everything that you possess needs to be dropped at his feet. So I found out that one of the key things to build anything that lasts is that you're ready to give up all. The moment you are holding certain things back, then you're not giving up everything, then you're not building what will last. But to build what will last, you have to be ready to give up all. Give up all. So two things stand out there for me. One, to give up all and then to become someone that you are not. What I mean by that is to serve a world, to serve a generation that is beyond you. That's what it means to become a disciple of Jesus. So he's saying that in everything that you do to build something that will last, you need to be able to give up all, number one, and then you need to serve a cause that is beyond you. Becoming a disciple of Jesus means that you are going to serve his purpose. A disciple of Jesus means a disciplined one of Christ. It means you are disciplined in the nature of Christ. You are disciplined in the dictates of Christ. You are disciplined in the directions of Christ. Not your own, but Christ's own. So that's why you are a disciple of Jesus. So when people look at you, what they see is the character of Christ. What they see is the resemblance of Christ. What they see is the nature of Christ, the picture of Christ. So you have become someone who is not who you were. You have become another person. You become another person. So anytime you are trying to build something that will last, have it at the back of your mind, I need to give up everything. No holds barred for the cause. And then I need to be able to serve a cause that is beyond me. 
And there is no other place to serve a cause beyond you than marriage. Anyone who wants to succeed in marriage will realize that the house that you say is your own is really not your own. The money that you say is yours is really not yours. The life that you think you have that is yours is really not yours. So if you are not ready to do that, then your I do will only end in I do. And then there will be no forever. Because you are not giving up anything and then you are not chasing a course that is beyond you. Everything you do in your home is about you. Everything your spouse does, everything is about him or her. So if you are planning that, hey, the reason I'm planning to get married is because um, finally I'll have to be able to do things my way. There's going to be a problem. It will not then be forever. It will only start in I do. And then you'll, somewhere down the line, you'll be asking what's going on in my home, what's going on in my marriage. So to build anything that lasts, not those two things, anything at all, even in life, anything at all, you should be able to give up things. There's nothing that you should hold so dear that you cannot give up. And then you are giving it up for a cause. So the disciples of Jesus who didn't come to Jesus for their own sake. They came to Jesus for Jesus' sake. They came to Jesus for Jesus' mission. Jesus' purpose. And the same way marriage is designed to serve a purpose that is beyond you. It's designed to serve a cause that is beyond you. That's the way it's designed. To see something that is just beyond you. Not just about you. But beyond you. To be a disciple of Jesus. He says, wherefore has he chosen them to be one? Think somewhere in Malachi or so. So that he will have an offspring come out from them. The Bible says children and heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. It's not your idea. It's not your plan. You're just a vessel. You're a carrier of the plan of God. It's oh, ever since I married my wife, ever since I married my, my husband, oh, things have just been good for me. It's not because of you that things are good. It's because of an agenda of God. It's because of a plan of God. beyond you something beyond you so when people don't take time to count this cost the cost of giving up something the cost of pursuing a, co- a cause that is beyond them they fail out on the plan and the purpose of god will children come yes but the children are not your idea They're not your idea. It's an idea of God. 
I've seen people so concerned about their children. Oh, my son, my daughter, my son, my daughter. I will do anything for my son, my daughter. And then the next thing, the husband is there looking like, let me marry you. Before this child came, it was me and you were like rice and beans. But now, I can't be anywhere. can't be found anywhere. Or the wife taking a position. It happens both ways. When we fail to understand the purpose of why God set these things there. I've, I've, I mean, I've seen people, I've heard all sorts. I've heard all sorts. The husband offends the wife. And then the wife says, you, I will show you. The next three months, no show for you. And I'm like, is it your property? There's no show for you. And, and, and I've seen ladies do it with pride. Do it with pride. You, I will show you. I will show you, no show for you for the next three months. I'm like, really? When you understand that this thing called marriage is not first of all your idea that you see fine bubble like Daniel and then you just God just gave him to you on a platter of hope your baby is listening <laughs> on a platter or something and then he'll be like eh, if not that I agree for you there is a plan of God that is beyond you I mean, haven't you seen some, some relationships and you ask the guy, you just this girl. I've seen some like that. But it's beyond them. It's beyond you. God has his idea. So the moment you take him out of that idea and you begin to run your own thing, then there is a problem. It will not get to forever. And just those two things in my study, I found out that it's just the key. Just those two things. Ready to give up all and then pursue something that is beyond you. Ready to give up all and pursue something that is way, way beyond you. So how do we do that? How do we give up all and then how do we pursue a cause that is beyond us? Everything in life has two parts to it. It has an essence and then it has a feature. Everything in life, animate, inanimate, it has an essence and it has a feature. The wall clock before me has an essence and it has a feature. What is the essence of this wall clock? Someone. What does it do? Tell time. The essence of my wristwatch is what? It tells time. It tells time. But these days, it, doesn't, there are some that don't tell time. It's fashion purpose. You ask people, what's about your timepiece? They bring out their phone and check it for you because the wristwatch has stopped telling time. 
He tells fashion statement. You know. So he tells time. Right? What are what's the what are the features? Leather strap, right? Chain. Glass. Plastic, XYZ, all sorts, you know. Those are those are the features. So if I want to describe a wristwatch, will I describe it really because it has features or because it has essence? Which one? Essence. Essence. Because the moment it stops telling time, it's no longer a wristwatch. It's a fashion instrument. Because the essence is that it should tell time. That's why it's called a wristwatch. It tells time. So if I put something on my wrist that looks like a wristwatch and you ask me, what is it by my timepiece? And I say, oh, sorry, it's not a wristwatch. Right? That's what I would say. Because everybody knows that the wristwatch should tell time. What's the... What are the features of a car? What are the features of a car? Alloy rims, uh, metal rims, steering, all kinds of things. But what's the essence of a car? Mobility, movement. So if you find something moving on the road and you see Daniel walking and he's walking faster than that thing and that thing is moving, it's supposed to be a car. You'll be wondering, is this a car? Why? Because every car should at least outrun a human being, right? So the car has the essence of mobility. A human being has essence and has features. What are your features? Hand, eyes, nose. Mouth, legs, all those things are physical features. But what's the essence of humanity? What's the essence of humanity? Three things. One of them is that as a human being, you should be able to give. Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. You should be able to give. So, in a marriage, when you lose your essence to be able to give of yourself, give of your time, give of your substance, give of everything that you have, then you're losing your humanity in that marriage. So for it to last forever from I do, you need to be able to sit down and count the cost of giving. How much of myself can I give in this relationship? How much of myself can I sacrifice in this relationship? How much of myself can I? If I'm not able to give of myself in this relationship, then there is a problem. It will not last forever. It will only last a while. 
How much am I ready, prepared to sacrifice, to give in this thing? How much of myself can I pour out? You need to count the cost of that. And when I, when I talk about giving of yourself, I'm not talking about foolishness. Because there are certain things called foolishness. Yes. Foolishness. I'll explain what foolishness is. I asked someone one time, are you in a relationship? She said, oh yes. How long have you been in the relationship? X, Y, Z number of years. Okay, what does he do? What does he do? Oh, no, tell me, what does he do? He said, he works on computer. I said, oh, really? He repairs computers and things like that? <laughs> no, pastor. Okay, so what does he do? Pastor, he's a young boy, but he's good, though. Uh, this is true life story, I'm not joking. He said, but he's a, he's a good Yahoo boy. I've never seen a good Yahoo boy. I don't understand. He said, he's a good Yahoo boy. I said, okay. I was trying to process it in my mind. How does that work? How are you a good Yahoo boy? He said, so he loves God though. Okay, so to me, I, I couldn't process it because I, I, I counted foolishness. Foolishness. So, so, so that person may interpret this message to say, Pastor said, I should give of my time, my energy. So I'm giving of my time and my energy to this Yahoo boy in this relationship. In the first place, the foundation is wrong. So anything you build on that foundation will crumble. Will crumble. So when I say give, I'm, I'm talking about giving with the right foundation. Giving wisdom. Giving the right foundation. Giving of your time and your energy to it in the right, right foundation. Right foundation. And the number two essence is that as a human being, you need to be able to serve. What does it mean to serve? What it means to serve is what we read there in Luke chapter 13. It means to pursue a cause that is beyond your own. Pursue a dream that is beyond you. Have you sat down to ask the person you are in a relationship with, what's your dream? Where are you going? How can I be a part of what you're doing? Not all the time. You don't, you, you are, the reason for being in that relationship is so that the person will support you. And every time it's about you. It's about you. You've not sat down to ask this person, how can I be a part of what you're doing? What's my role in your life? And you're thinking, God, when I marry this person, what role will I play in this person's life? To make sure that this person becomes everything you designed him or her to be. What role can I play? You're not even concerned about yourself now. All you're thinking is that, oh, this person, this person. And in your prayer time, you're like, God, 
God, I want to marry this person. But I hope I will not be a problem, a hindrance in, in the person's life. Every height and depth you want to take this person, will I be a positive influence? And you are not about yourself. Not about yourself. Not about yourself. And then imagine the, the man is praying like that. And then the woman too in her closet, she's praying like that. That's a match made in heaven. And then God is saying, these two people are not even after themselves. They are after a cause that is bigger than them. They are after my agenda for this person. Now, I'm, they are, this person is after my agenda for that other person. And then God steps in. That kind of marriage will go from I do to forever. Because all they are after is not themselves. There's no selfishness. There's no selfish motive. It's all about the plan of God, the purpose of God. And then they're looking at, you're looking at your spouse and say, okay, um, how, how can I help you um, with your work? How can I help you with this? I mean, I've, I've met all sorts. I've seen all kinds of things. All kinds of things. There are people who never want their spouse, both men and women alike, never want their spouse to be higher than them. Never. They never want it. And I, I for one, I feel it is born out of a place of lack of revelation of who they are in Christ Jesus. Because if you know who you are in Christ Jesus, I don't care if my wife is earning four times more than me. I don't care. It should neither diminish me. If I'm earning 20 times more than her, it should not make her lowly. No. Because in the first place, someone asked me a question one time and said, whose money is it? Is it my wife's money or is it my husband's money? And I said, it's neither for any of you. I said, it's God's money. Through your hands. It's God's money through your hands. So whatever God wants to do in the home, he does. Whoever he chooses to use, he uses. Is someone hearing me? Who, whatever he wants to do. I mean, God says, ah, in this family now, I want to send them 20 million. And then the husband goes to work that day. And one bonus that I was not expecting just comes. And he says, Kai, this money is my own. And then God is saying, ah, but I want you people to take this money and go and do this thing somewhere that I want you to do. And then the man says, no, this money is my money. My wife must not know about it because it's not my salary. It's a separate one. And then God is saying, this will not, it will start from my do, but it can't last forever. Because in the first place, it's the agenda of God, it's the mind of God, it's the thought of God. It's what God wants to do, not what you want. So if that becomes your goal, that becomes your, your drive and pursuit, God will find a way to get that home to where he wants it to get to. That's why it says two become one. Not one in themselves, but one in God. You cannot be one in yourself. No, the reason you are one is because you are with God. That's the reason you are one. Because you are with him. Because you're with him. So you serve a purpose. 
that is beyond you. And then number three, you love. The essence of a human being moves and evolves around these three purposes. To give, to serve, and to love. What does it really mean to love? Is it the butterflies in the belly? Is it the goosebumps? Is it the way I feel that I've never felt before? Is it a feeling? What does it mean to really, really love? One underlying thing for love for me is sacrifice. Is sacrifice. Is sacrifice. And when I say sacrifice, I don't literally mean that to give up something. No. When I mean sacrifice, I mean consideration, selflessness. A sacrifice that may not pay you but pays the other person. And the Bible clearly explains it. It says love suffers no wrong, easily forgiven. Easily forgiven. So the thing that he did two years ago, June 14, 9.30 a.m., easily forgiven. You sacrifice your ego. You sacrifice your pride. You sacrifice justice for peace. And that one is very common in homes. You see the wife waiting to tell the husband, I told you. And the husband waiting to tell the wife, I told you. You sacrifice justice for peace. One of my mentors said, said, I'd rather accept justice, I'd rather accept peace than accept to say I was right. I'd rather accept peace than get to a point where I'll say I was right. He said, when you're dealing with your spouse as a husband, he said, let your let your yes be more than your no. Say, honey, can we do this? Oh, okay, it's fine. Honey, can we do this? Okay, no, it's fine. The day you will say no, your spouse will know that, ah, he doesn't refuse me anything. But for him to say no, I will respect that. Say, let your yes be more than your no. Even if your yes is not an outright yes. Say, ah, honey, I need $500. Say, okay, can I give you $200? Honey, I need $500. Am I a machine? Am I plucking money? No. Does money grow on my head? No. Even when we don't have. My wife never hears me say, I don't have. Never. 
never hears me say I don't have. Even when I don't have. She never hears me say. So she's gotten so used to it that even when I have, I still say the same thing. Ah, sweetheart, we need to do this, we need to do this, we need to do this. God will provide. That's what I tell her. Yeah, this is what I said. God will provide. Hey, I told you this thing. This is it. I'm still thinking about it. God will provide. At one one day, she told me, "Hmm, hmm, this this God will provide." I don't understand though. I said, "Is it not God that will still provide? God will provide." He said, "I know God will provide, but it's very urgent." I said, "God will still provide. The urgency of it does not take the fact that God will provide." doesn't take it out doesn't take it out and then when she gets a lot dun dun, she now send me smiling emoji with kisses and hugs and everything I say, ah, God has provided God will still provide why am I like that because I'm conscious that this marriage is God's own it's not my own it's not my own. We used to fight a lot. But I've come to realize that what's the essence of fighting? What's the essence of fighting? When there's a misunderstanding, I'm the one that will go to her and say, why are you doing like this? Why are you doing like shake her, shake her, shake her, shake her, shake her, to make sure that she laughs and we end the whole thing. But what is this one? Don't turn your way. Go your way. Two weeks. Three weeks. We used to be like that before. No, honestly. We used to be like that before. But I submitted myself to God helping me. I'm asking that, what's the essence of all this thing? What's the essence? Two weeks, three weeks, you're not talking to each other. You, you know as a man, you're hungry. (laughs) And then you pace around the kitchen. Pace, pace, pace. Nothing. You shake all the shaking containers. Nothing. And if you're like me, that I don't like cooking. It's Kilimanjaro and Genesis that will suffer it. And then you pace around, and then she too, she will come. After she's seen that you have left the kitchen, you hear the sound. She has left the kitchen. Then you now go there. You now quickly arrange small things. Warm the soup, warm everything, and leave it there. Now go to the room. Wait and see whether he will go there. Then after like 20 minutes, you hunger not beat him. He to go go there. Arrange the thing. I've done it before in my home. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> my wife has pitied me. Say, how long have they beat this man? <laughs> and then she will go arrange the thing. Then me, I'll just go out. As if I'm going out, I'm giving her time to arrange the kitchen. Watch the thing. <laughs> Once she has arranged the kitchen, it's more. I'll now come back. She won't say anything. But when I enter and I see food, I say, well, now your house. You rather chop if you don't chop. <laughs> you know, I eat the thing. After a while, you don't go tired. You'll be tired. Because why? You want it to last forever. So one day I, 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 I called my wife and I said to her, I said, if I do anything that hurts you, I need you to realize that I don't hate you. And that I may have done something that hurts you, but me, 
I may be angry with you and not talk to you, but I still love you. I will not. I say it won't change, but that moment I'm angry. But it won't change anything. So separate the love I have for you from the thing that I did that hurt you. There are two different things. So let's deal with what I did that hurt you. And know at the back of your mind that this person still loves me. I said, I will not deliberately want to hurt you. I'm human. I can do something that will hurt you. It's understandable. But I will not deliberately want to hurt you. No, I wouldn't do that. But will I offend you? Yes. So what if I offend you? You can not want to talk to me. But never get it into your head. That I'm done for. The times of being done for are over. When we were cutting, there were so many, I'm breaking up, I'm breaking up, I'm breaking up. That happened countless times. Countless times. Countless times. But now we cannot be doing that one. You are breaking up. Break up to where? Where are you breaking up to? You'll be breaking in. Every break will break in. You break in. Why? Because it has to last forever. And when I say last forever, I don't mean endure. Mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. Get me right. The pastor says it should last forever. And the man gives you bass boost. And I say, it's my last forever. It's my last forever. Auntie, come and meet me. I'll tell you what to do. Somebody asked me a question one time. I said, she was having some issues. And then she spoke to her pastor about it. Her pastor you know, advised her, said, you know, you know things we pastors say, you know, as a child of God, you have to endure as a good soldier of Christ. You know, the normal things that pastors would say. And then she went home. And then she sent the pastor a text message. So I just want to know if this is your daughter that was happening to, what will you do? The pastor could not sleep that night. pastor could not sleep. Because me, I know myself. With all the anointing on me, you dare not. My daughter, you dare not. I will first beat you before I report you to the police. And the Holy Ghost will help me to beat you. Nonsense. You've lost your humanity. Lost your humanity. When we beat some sense into you, then you will now be clear. Well, now, after beating, we ask you, do you want to receive the Lord now as your Savior? Yes. And I'll repeat after me. Because some people, is that's what they need. They need to be dealt with. Common sense. Hands need to be laid on them suddenly. Boom! Then they will get, they'll wake up. It has to last forever. We're not enduring. No, we shouldn't endure. Seek help. Seek counsel get the man to talk to somebody if you i tell people look if you're marrying someone and then the person is not accountable to anybody that's a dangerous person whether it's a man or it's a woman is dangerous there's nobody that can talk to the person that's danger going somewhere to happen and not just talk to the person but talk and as i am now there are people in my life if they say "Mm, i will mm." joe i want you in my house now after service I'm heading there. Straight. I heard this. I heard this. Sorry, sir. It's the devil's walk. It's the devil's walk. <laughs> That's it. So, that foundation has already been laid. 
Why? Because we want it to last forever. And enjoyably so. Not just make with the push up. No, we can't be pushing it. No. You can't push your marriage, push your home. No. You have to enjoy it. All the way through. Will there be challenges? Yes. But joyous challenges. When afterwards, both of you are looking at yourself and you're smiling and happy. Because it has to last forever. When is forever? Forever is forever. Forever is forever. How long it takes you is forever. Your money has finished. Stand up to your feet, church. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.